We'll be turning um, in different places in the Bible this morning, so I hope that you've got a copy of the Word of God handy to you. But, um, let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless uh, this time. Father God, we just come before you and just want to thank you, dear Lord, for Lord, just the tremendous blessings that you've uh, given us. And Father, Lord, in return, Lord, our hearts cry ought to be to bless your holy name. And Father, we do want to approach this time, the preciousness of your word, the liberty that we have to be able to open it with great care and great attention. So I pray to God that you'd still our hearts. Help us, Lord, to listen in. Help us, Lord, to allow the Spirit of God to make application as we study through the scriptures this morning, as we see some examples from your word. And I pray to God that, Lord, we'd, we'd be better for it, that we'd grow, we'd be edified in the faith. I pray, Lord, for your power, for your enabling as uh, we have this time together in, in, in learning. And I pray that you'd help us to be filled with your spirit, to be open to the things that we're learning this morning. And we commit to you this time asking for your, your grace and your enabling. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name, amen. You know, when we say we give something priority, what we mean is that we hold it of, of utmost importance that we deem it necessary to do. Uh, it's not an option to take if we have time. Uh, priorities are some things we purpose to do and therefore make the time to do it. Um, an area I think that we often say is a priority and is something that is good to do is this thing that we're going to speak about this morning is to praise God. See, praise is to commend it's to magnify, to extol in words or song. It's also to express gratitude and to honor. And as we think about the, the concept of praise, I think we understand that part of it is what we did this morning. We, we gave thanks in prayer. Uh, we, we praised God in our, in our hearts as we, as we prayed to Him perhaps this early this morning as we read His Word. We, we sung songs that I believe were a testimony of God and His working in, in our hearts and lives. And I think all of those things are, are encapsulated in a practical sense, what we're going to be speaking about, praise. And as we head into the new year, um, let us not only seek God's presence like we learned about last week, but also seek to praise God. You know, it'd be a good thing to prioritize praise. And I think as we strive for authenticity in our, Christ, our Christianity, we can't miss this area, we can't miss praise. You know, a Christian without praise is really like an out-of-tune orchestra. Now, I'm glad this morning that our orchestra took the time to tune their instruments. I'm glad that as they, uh, they, they played that song for the offertory, that they had put the time in to be in tune and to be aligned in, in, their, in their rhythm, in the tune that they were playing. And I, I, I'm glad that they took the time to be tuned to make sure their instruments were in its, uh, in its proper, uh, proper, um, proper tones and everything else. And see, a Christian without praise is like an, an out-of-tune orchestra. Its mechanics are the same, but it has no beauty, no pleasure for the listener. Uh, I think this morning, as, as we understood that they were, praying, uh, they were playing for the Lord, we also enjoyed... And, and saw the beauty in the music that they played, in the, mu the beauty in, in which we sung the songs. And yet those, uh, those Christians who are, are lacking praise, 
who lack a praise life is like a Christian or an instrument that's out of tune with God. You know, often we live our lives with the mechanics of being a Christian, but our lives have no beauty to God. It's noise, not joyful noise. And praise must become a priority in our lives. Praise was a characteristic of people that God found joy in. And and this morning, we're going to think about David. And David, as we know, was a man after God's own heart. But we also know this, that David was a man given to praise. He was a man who uh, so often, in whatever situation he found himself in, gave praise to God. And you would only uh, take a, 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 a real a casual look even in the book of Psalms to understand that all of these songs, many that David wrote, was in praise to God. In Psalm 9 verse 1, he says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. And let's just be reminded today that as we think about praise and the priority of it, that, that we need to take the attitude that we need to do it with a sincere heart, with an authentic heart, with genuineness in our heart to the Lord, what he's saying with his whole heart. And he says, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. In Psalm 43 verse 4, Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my, my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. And let's not, let's not discount the, the, the reality of, of music as part of praise. You know, this morning, I hope that we, we approach the time where we sung our voices as instruments. I hope orchestra that you approach this time as you played on your stringed instruments, as you, you played on the piano, as you played in your uh, woodwind and brass instruments and even in your percussions, that all of that was in praise to God. In Psalm 63 verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise. He understood something about what God had given him and it moved him, the psalmist, moved the psalmist to sing praises and to use his lips to praise God. In Psalm 71 verse 22, I will also praise thee with the psaltery, another instrument, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thy holy one of Israel. In Psalm 139 verse 14, I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous as are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And he understood that in his makeup, in his uniqueness, he could understand that God did that for a design. And you know what it moved him to do? It moved him to praise God. It moved him to to extol, to to bless God, to, to sing forth some praises to God. And then that great section of the book of Psalms to end off, that's uh, the, the book of Psalms in Psalm 145 right through to 150. We understand he says this in verse 10 of that chapter. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. And if this morning you're a saint in the sense that God uh, has saved you, you're one separated unto him, then listen, part of our makeup, part of our design, part of God's desire for our lives is that we would bless God, that we would praise him that we would be a a, a people that's in tune, like a tuned up orchestra to Him. And so we understand this, that that it's not out of character then for David, upon placing the ark in its rightful place, to go into praise mode. And if you look at this in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, notice verse 1, we'll actually read down to verse 6. So they brought the ark of God, and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And you remember last time we, we talked about uh, the presence of God in newness. And, and if you study a little bit about the, the ark of God 
It was really God's presence here on earth during that time. God had, had specifically asked the nation to put this thing together, this, this box that was to be carried by staves, this special thing. It was to represent God, but to also to bring about His presence here on earth. And so this ark was coming now, and, he, and, God, and David is setting it into, in the midst of the tent which he pitched for the Lord. And notice verse 2, And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And so there was a celebration of the fact that, that the ark had returned to its rightful place. And then verse 4, notice what he did then immediately after that. Immediately after he, they had sacrificed, they had done all of those things. Notice verse 4, and he appointed certain of the Levites. Now you know who the Levites either they, they were the, the lineage of the priesthood. They were the tribe of the priesthood. And so the, the, the priests were to come, the Levites, to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. And this is how they were going to do it. Notice some char uh, characters here. Asaph, the chief. And next to him, Zechariah, Jael, and Shemiramoth, and Jehil, and Mattatiah, and Eliab, and Benaiah, and Obed-Edom, and Jael with psalteries and with harps. But Asaph made a sound with cymbals. So they, these were musicians that God had placed. These were people that, that were skilled in their, uh, their discipline of instruments to, to record and to praise the Lord. Benaiah also and Jehaziel and the priests with trumpets continually before the ark of the covenant of God. And so you understand that the priority that David had after a certain thing had come about in his life, the ark returning in its place, was then to offer up praise to God. Isn't that interesting? They, they offered sacrifices. They celebrated a bit, but really in all of it, what he instituted was the praise of God upon doing something for them. Now, all of us here, we've started the, the year and there's probably some things that God has placed in our hearts and lives to do. And, and for David, this was uh, one of his priorities. One of the things that he greatly desired was for the ark of God to return to its rightful place. Uh, throughout the early part of David's, uh, David's life, David's uh, career, so to speak, as king, he was seeking for the, for the ark to have rest in a certain place. Notice here with me in Psalm 132, uh, verse 1 to 8. And I, as I said, if you could just uh, uh, turn your Bibles as we go along, that will be helpful. Psalm 132, look at verses, uh, verse 1. It says, Lord, remember David and all the, his afflictions, how he swear unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up unto, into my bed. And he's saying he's, he doesn't want to do that. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids. He said, I, I don't want to sleep until, I, he says this, I find out a place for the Lord, an habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lord, we heard of it at Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of the wood. We will go into his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool, arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou, and the ark of thy strength. And so he's writing this, and he's writing about how his desire was to find the ark and to make sure it was in its rightful place. And, and, and in doing so, he, didn't, he wouldn't rest, and he couldn't rest. And maybe there's something that God has placed in your heart, 
and in your life, God has, has, has birthed it in your heart that, that you desire for the glory of God, that you desire for His praise, and you're not resting and you cannot rest until that happened. Happen. But notice what happened when He did do that. We read in First Chronicles 16. Now turn your Bibles here to Second Samuel now. Second Samuel chapter 6. And notice what happened. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. So he gathers a group of men to go and seek after this. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio and the sons of Abinadab drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And so we, we understand the story. If you know a little bit about the, your Bible, you've read through this story before that, that later on uh, Uzzah does, uh, uh, they made a mistake really in how they transported the ark. Later Uzzah, uh, upon, uh, upon uh, trying to, trying to uh, drive the ark, was, uh, was, was uh, put to death by God because he touched the ark. It was about to fall. He, he went to... Um, to to shoulder it, he went to touch it, and, and God took him away. And, and, but that's not the point of the story. Notice verse 5, And David and all the house of Israel, notice this, played. Why? Because the ark of the Lord was coming back. This was something that he had desired from God. This was something that was now going to be a, a completion of something that God had put in his heart. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of firwood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And, and as they were transporting the ark to its rightful place, even then they were prioritizing this. They were prioritizing some praise. This was a momentous occasion. And beyond that, this was something that God was fulfilling in the life of David. And here he was putting praise in its rightful place. As priority. It was something that, that was in his heart to do. It says in Psalm 22 verse 3, But thou art holy, O that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And we understand that, that as part of praise, that, that, that God is pleased with praise. That God inhabits those who would praise Him. That He seeks for those who would worship Him in spirit and in truth. And part of that package is this, Praise. We ought to be a people of praise. And David understood that the priority of praise was really paired with the character and nature of God. You know, for those of us who understand the, the character and nature of God as revealed to us in His Word, we understand that paired with that is the response of praise. That we would respond in praise to Him because of who He is. And praise is a priority because we have a God really worthy of that praise. And that's why we sing. That's why we have musicians that practice and play. That's why it's a good thing that, that when we go about in our lives, that our response in God's dealing in our lives is this, that we would just offer up praise. It's praise. God likes praise from a sincere heart. God desires that. And even in Matthew 21, we see in verses 13 to 16, and said unto them, it is written, 
my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And you understand that, that as Jesus walked through the temple, that he understood that they were mistreating the temple. They were treating it like some merchandise. They were doing business in the temple. And so he scourges it. And notice in verse 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. So after he had declared he had cleansed the temple, there were some miracles he was about to perform. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Notice this, the Pharisees, the religious hypocrites and leaders of the day did not like those who were crying forth in praise. But notice what Jesus said and said unto him, hearest thou what these say? They were saying, do you understand what they're saying? So these people understood who Jesus was. The Pharisees were in denial. They rejected that Jesus was the Messiah. And here they're asking Jesus, do you understand what they're saying to you? And then Jesus responds and said unto them, yea, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, that was perfected praise. And so he's looking at these people who were praising him in the temple and he's reminding them of scripture. You know, these ones, these, these children, out of their mouths is perfected praise. You know what we, we understand about children is this, they're just honest. <laughs> they're just sincere. You know, you just ask them how they feel, they'll, they'll tell you and you better brace yourself. You ask them if you, they like the food, that's, a, that's not a good question to ask. Especially when there's greens, right? They'll tell you, I don't like it. Yuck. <laughs> Especially when dad cooks. But you understand, he's saying here, out of the mouth of babes is praise perfected. You know what he's saying? Sincerity. They're sincere. They're not just playing the game. They're just not going through the mechanics of playing. They're not, not just going through the mechanics of, you know, when something happens. Well, praise God. Well, praise the Lord for that. And it's just a, not a mechanical thing. No, they were in tune. They were sincere. Uh, aren't, aren't, we, aren't we called to be as Christians to have childlike faith? And, and what he's saying here is, is we ought to also have childlike praise. Real, sincere, authentic. And, and I believe that today, as we, we start off really the year, we, we're back to normal. And, and I don't know about you, I like normal. I, I just like going back to the schedule of things. I, I love the fact, and some of you are thinking, you're crazy, it was earlier today. No, I love the fact that we're back to Sunday school. Okay, I like that. I just, I just like getting back into the groove of things. And, and really, this week is really when we're back to the groove of the year, the schedule and all of that. But don't lose in all of that the priority of praise, the priority that we ought to offer to God, our heartfelt praise and appreciation for Him. And might be through song. And, and I hope that, that we approach the time where we gather together, that, that we don't just approach it like it's some sort of time filler. And by the way, it's probably as we head into the, our week, I hope that we prioritize it so that when we come together on the first day of a new week, that we're ready to just give some praise. That there's a sincerity behind singing these songs. That there's a sincerity in what we say as we testify. And we need to give priority to praise. And I believe then there are many instances we can study in Scripture where praise was a priority. And it ought to be 
our manner of life. And so today we're going to just see some examples now in Scripture when people prioritized praise. And here we see the first one. We already saw it in First Chronicles. And we see that firstly, we ought to prioritize praise after the completion of a God-given desire. This was a God-given desire for David. He desired the presence of God. And last week we learned the presence of God in newness. We're, we're heading into a new year. Newness in our lives. Maybe there's newness still. And, and, and you're approaching that. But at the end of the year and, and throughout the year as God sees you maybe achieve and do some things for Him, I wonder if you'd prioritize praise. See, this was David in finding the ark and placing the ark to rest. He gave the priority of praise. And see, the priority was to give God praise. And you're going to note that in many instances here as we go through Scripture, that part of our, our examples that prior to, prior to the, the priority of praise, we see often as part of it there's praise and sacrifice. Praise and sacrifice come either first or second. They, they follow one another. They're paired with each other. And often, isn't it, we, we still have to do the work, we still have to sacrifice the time, even in God-given desires, to see the completion of it. But that's paired with how we praise God. But then later on, we see in Scripture, in Hebrews 13, 15, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, continually. See, as New Testament believers, God views our praise as part of our role in the priesthood. As priest believers, we are to offer up the sacrifice of praise. And so here we are. We have a direct access to God. We don't have to go through a, a, a high priest to get to God, do, do we? The veil's been ripped apart. It's open. And we can come boldly before the throne of God. But guess what? As part of that, we can come boldly with some praise on our lips. It's sacrifice. And so after the completion of a God-given desire. So New Testament Christians, us, were given the opportunity to praise in sacrifice. And, and so this ought to be our priority. Upon the seeing the completion of what God had given David to do, what God has given us in our hearts to do, we ought to then prioritize praise to Him. You know, too often when we see a completion of God-given desire, too often we glory in the completion rather than glorying in the God who allowed the completion. Does that make sense? We glory in what, what we've achieved. We glory in that this thing has come to be. And too often we celebrate, and we ought to, there's celebration in, in good things. Too often though we celebrate without praising God and giving Him what is due. You understand that, that praise is due, our God. It's due to Him. I think about other, other examples. You look at Nehemiah. Look at Nehemiah. Turn to the book of Nehemiah. And here in verse 12, we know that Nehemiah, God had put it on his heart to go and rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been overtaken. It had, it, most of its inhabitants had been taken captive. And now Nehemiah was going to return with a remnant to repair. He had taken a midnight ride and had seen the, the disrepair of the the wall, and, and he had rallied some people around to get the job done. And here they were coming to the completion of that. 
And notice verse, uh, verse 27 says, And at the dedication, Nehemiah chapter 12, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness. Notice this, both with thanksgivings and with singing and with cymbals, psalteries and with harps. You know, this wasn't just to play music. This was thanksgiving. This was praise. They were rounding here to the, the point where the wall was going to be complete. The, the task, the God-given desire that God put, placed in, in Nehemiah's heart, it was about to come to be. And here it was. They were offering up praise. There was priority there. We see this also in Solomon's life if you look at Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Now remember, David desired for the building of the temple, didn't he? God said, no, your, your son is now going to build it. And so what happens here in 2 Chronicles chapter 5? And, and now we see the completion of the temple now. This is back in time. Later on in Nehemiah's time, the temple is in disrepair as well. Ezra goes to reinstitute the worship there. But we understand here, originally Solomon's temple was this thing of beauty. It was a, if you ever read through the design and the, the just the, the craftsmanship it would have taken for, for the temple to be complete. And you understand this was a, a monumental achievement for the nation. God had, had, uh, had supplied the need and God had, uh, had, had given the workers to be able to do the work. And here it was, they were about to, uh, they were about to open the temple up for, um, for the, for the uh, opening of it, for the use of it. And we see in verse 11, it came to pass when the priests would come out of the holy place. So they had sacrificed, they had done all of that, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the, the singers of all them, of Asaph, of Heman, of Jeduthun. And if you study those three names, really those three names are the three musical generals that God had placed uh, to serve under David. And isn't that interesting? If you, if you study through this, that, that these three men, that Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, they outlast all the other generals. Joab, all these other characters, they die off and these guys continue. And their function mainly was to offer up praise through song. They had a healthy praise life. And so here it was at the completion of the temple, these singers come and they play with cymbals, with psalteries and harps, and they stand there singing. And notice verse 14, because of all of that, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, God's glory, God's presence had, had descended from heaven, had, had resided in that place for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. And I think we desire that for our homes. We desire that for the things that we, do, that, that we want accomplished for God. And yet it doesn't happen unless we prioritize praise. That we become people of praise, not just mechanics, not just going through the motion, but people of praise. And so they sought to honor God through praise. They were overwhelmed then by His presence as they sung, as they ministered to the Lord. And what I'm asking is this then, 
How do we respond when, we, when we've completed something that God has asked us to do? How do we do that? What do we do in response? What do we do when, when we've seen a, a job well done in something that God has placed in our hearts and lives? Do we praise or do we, do we, do we celebrate the achievement and discount God out of it? Do we, do we offer up a song of praise? Do we offer up a prayer of praise? Do we, do we have lips that would just continually praise God for the accomplished work. And so we do so, we have priority after the completion of God-given desire. Secondly, we also prioritize praise after the consideration of a God-led response. You know, um, we see this example here in David. Look at First Chronicles now, First Chronicles. Um, this week, I just finished reading the book of First Chronicles. Some of you, you skip First Chronicles, you shouldn't. Right? You think it's just names and stuff, but no. There's some great lessons there, guys, and, and you ought to not skip any portion of Scripture. You ought to read it, but First Chronicles chapter 29. And let's look at, the, look at the, 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 the story here. David had just challenged the nation about, about storing up. He understood he wasn't meant to be the man building the temple. But he understood Solomon, his son, the next generation, was meant to build it. And so he challenges the people. He, says, he, he said, just give willingly. And so here's what happened. He says in, in, in verse 8, And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Notice what he did then in verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord. He praised him. Before all the congregation, David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven. And in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. And don't you love the spirit and attitude of David there? Can you imagine, can you imagine this? That he challenges the people with something that God led him to do. God led him to, to offer up himself, offer up his own treasures to, to ensure the building of the temple. And here they were, the people responding, and yet David took no, he took no compliment. He took no praise. No, he deflected the praise. And what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes, and I'll just speak personally here, sometimes as a preacher, I can get pretty chuffed when people respond. I can feel like, boy, they really listened well to me today. Boy, man, I must have had, I must have just been on fire today, boy. And it could be easy, hey, listen, don't judge, because you do it too. 
You do it when, you're, when your children respond well to spiritual things, to, to things that they're trying to do for the Lord. And you start to think, boy, I'm a pretty good parent. Boy, I've got this figured out. I should write a book. <laughs> and you start to think that somehow, and I'm not saying that, that, that you know, we, we don't feel a great deal of, of pleasure because of the, of the response of those that we're trying to influence. But, but church, let's be careful. Let's be careful to, to not neglect whom the praise belongs to really. Let's not, let's not take that for granted and forget to thank the one who allowed it in the first place. You know, as, a, as parents or as a spouse, do you praise when you see God work in the hearts of those that you minister to, that you influence? Do we puff up with pride when people respond to preaching, when our children make decisions at camp, when it seems like they're the most attentive, when it seems like they're the ones being used? When it seems like it's, it's, it's them, do we puff up with pride? And, and let me just remind you, God hates pride. God is jealous of His praise. And we're reminded in Proverbs 27 too. Anyway, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. A stranger and not thine own lips. And you know, are we quick then to deflect that compliment to God? You know, it's, it's, it's okay to receive compliment. It's okay to receive that as long as we understand that we die to our compliments as much as we die to the complaints about us. And we ought to look at that and go, boy, God is good in my life to uh, allow me to be used, to be a vessel, to be a channel. And it ought to be that, that we have an understanding that the priority of praise often comes after we consider what God has done in the responses of those that we influence. You know, I think about the story, the Christmas story, how uh, even in our own lives sometimes, when we see our own response to the things of God. And there were many, many young people this week who, who responded well, and, and we, could be, we could be in danger sometimes in those positions because we might think, boy, we're pretty good, we heard from God. Boy, we're pretty, uh, we're, we were pretty aligned with God this week. And we could, we could deflect that, instead of deflecting that to God, we could own that. And I think about what Mary did when, when, when God came to her and told her, you're, gonna, you're chosen, you're going to be blessed among all women, We're gonna, you're going to be honored. And here's what happened, she, she extolled, she blessed God. I think about what happened with the shepherds when the angels appeared. I think about when the, the, the wise men saw the star. You know how they responded? They responded with praise. They responded in, in, in joy to God. And they praised God. And, the, and we see in David's life here, the, the, the people had just given a great amount to ensure that the temple gets built by Solomon. And what David did was this. You read through it. He deflected all of it to God. He deflected praise to God. He said in verse 14, for all things come of thee. He, he didn't even, he, he, he thanked the people, I'm sure. And he understood of their sacrifice. But in the end, he understood that it was from God. And it was for God. For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. And you know, I praise God this morning for our young people. 
I praise God that, that they were so responsive this week. And I'm thankful. And you ask any of our staff members, it really wasn't us. It was funny listening to some of the servant squad, some of our young adults who had turned up and were part of the week. They were saying, boy, you guys were so organized. Boy, look, if you only knew the stress we had the preceding weeks. If you only saw the sleepless nights, if you only saw how faithless we were at times, to the point, hey, Brother RJ, where we felt like canceling. And yet some of you here, you were thinking, boy, listen, it was none of us. It was God. And it could have only been God. Because the things we saw there, some of the things you wept about, some of the things that, that you responded to, some of the realities of what happened in that week, listen, it was God. There was no great preacher there this week. There was no great teacher there was no great formula. There was no great thing. We just have a great God. And when we come here, we might see some things happen. And we praise God for that. And we give Him the honor. It wasn't us. And God might have led you. And God might have used you. But it was God. And so we ought to prioritize praise. We ought to prioritize praise after considering the consideration of a God-led response. And are we looking at what God is doing in the lives of the people that we influence and help? And do we deflect praise to our God? Do we sing unto Him with great fervor, great things He has done or great things we have done? And so after the consideration of that, of a God-led response, let's respond in praise. But then thirdly, after the conclusion as well, of a God-ordained stage or journey in your life. You know, I, I think that we ought to all have the attitude that we're moving forward into newness. We ought to. You ought to look at today. It's a new day. We ought to look at today. It's a new year, and, and you're going to have new experiences, as we spoke about last week. And we ought to be here. We ought to have the mentality of moving forward, of allowing God to move us on in our journey. And I think all of us here, we're all moving into newness. And yet how we enter into new stages and furtherances in our journey is just as important. So how do you respond when God furthers you? When God, God takes you to a new level, perhaps, of spirituality. Maybe God puts you to a new furtherance in your business, in your employment. God promotes you. Maybe God furthers you in some prayers that you've had and You've been asking God and God has gotten some victory. He's furthered you on. How do you respond? Do you take time then to praise? Does it enhance your praise for God? And this is what happened in Moses' time. Look at Exodus chapter 14. For many, many years, the people had been in Egypt enslaved. And here God uses Moses as a deliverer to come in and God uses him. And finally, finally, Pharaoh with a hard heart, he's sick of the people. He's sick of what God is doing in their midst. He's sick of what God has been plaguing the nation. And finally, he's broken. And finally, they're moving on. And then you know what happened? Pharaoh changes his mind. He goes to chase them. And then yet the story goes, there was something in front of him. It was just this little thing called the Red Sea, Right? And there they were, they, were, they felt trapped. Look at, look at chapter 14. 
And look at verse 29. Um, you know the story. God, God parts the waters. And here's what happened. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. That, that would have been an amazing thing to see. That, that would have been, you know, if they, if, they, if they had mobile phones, boy, you imagine the videos. Imagine how viral that would have been. But we just imagine it by, through the lens of Scripture here. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. And then skip over now to verse 15. They just crossed the Red Sea. Really their journey starts in earnest. Newness was now. And notice what happened in verse 1. Then sang Moses. Now if you just, if your life was in danger and your life was just saved, I don't know if we would sing. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what we, how we would respond. Uh, maybe, maybe it was a long walk. Maybe I would have t- taken a drink of water first. Maybe I would have eaten. That's generally how I celebrate. I eat, all right? And, uh, and, but here we see Moses sang. Then sang Moses, and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and they sing. They, they offer up praise. Isn't that an amazing thing? So at the, after the conclusion of this journey now, it was really a conclusion ushers in a new beginning. They concluded their time in Egypt. God just did a miracle, brought them through. And, and by the way, whenever God brings us into newness, it's God's work and it's miracle. It's newness. This new year is a, is, is a, it's, it's something not to take for granted. Anything new in your life that, that God has given you, uh, your marriage, those of you who are newlyweds, you, you new parents, maybe it's a new job, maybe it's a new beginning somewhere, maybe you're moving and you're moving into uh, the community, maybe you're moving into a different place. It's newness. Maybe it's a new ministry. God's done that in your life. And God's brought you through that. But do you, do you understand that in that there ought to be a priority of praise? Moses sung in response to God's deliverance. In, in Psalm 68 verse 25, the Bible tells us the singers went before. The players on instruments followed after. Among them were the damsels playing with timbrels. And you know the story, you know, in, uh, later here in, in Exodus chapter 15, we see that Miriam had the timbrels and they brought that along for the journey. Now, if you had limited uh, capacity to carry things, I wonder if you'd, you'd bring your praise with you. And, and they brought their praise. And, and what I'm saying is those of you maybe finishing a course of study, some of you year 12s, you've concluded an, uh, a time in your life. Some of you uni students, you're concluding a time in your life. And you're finishing a course of study or entering and entering into a new stage. Have you paused to thank Him yet? Have you paused to praise Him yet? Have you taken the time to just lift up your voice in praise? Have you sung Him some praises yet? Those of you who are newly married, newly parents, have you paused to praise together since? Those who've got a new jobs, maybe new homes, 
You've waited and waited and God has answered your prayer. He's provided for you in a miraculous way. God has brought you to it. Have you stopped to sing a song of praise? Have you just lifted up your voice to say, thank you, God? Have you just taken the time to just pray and just be overwhelmed by what God has done in your life? He's brought you to the conclusion of a thing. Maybe there were some issues. Maybe you had some problems. Maybe there are some things that God has brought you to the end of. Have you paused, have you paused to praise God? Have you just said, thank you, Lord? Have you just sung a song of praise to Him? See, after the conclusion of a God-ordained stage, and God maybe has brought you through it. God has ordered your steps. Have you come to the conclusion then, that then this, you need to praise Him? And then lastly, and really quickly, we note also that we ought to praise God. We ought to give priority after the comprehension of a God-designed trial. You see, we like to think and praise God when the good times are rolling, when He does deliver. But how about in the midst of tough circumstances? You ever woken up and realized that you have been put in a trial by the Lord? You ever woken up, guys, maybe in the middle of church and... Uh, Woken up and said, oh, maybe I'm, you're in the midst of a trial right now. Maybe you're, you're in the midst of something and are you in circumstances, not of success and of good circumstance, but of trouble, of sadness, of trial. You see, the true test of a praise life is if we would praise God not in the good times, but praise Him more even in the hard times. And we know that in Job. You know, I, don't think of, I can't think of any other character that suffered like the sufferings that Job suffered. I can't think of anyone. We know the sufferings of Christ, but, but we understand from, from just a human, he suffered a great deal. And yet we know this verse in Job one twenty one, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. And notice his attitude. The Lord gave. And the Lord hath taken away, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you, do, you, do you imagine saying that? Job lost all of his family, including his wife, who told him to just curse God and die. He lost all of his livelihood. He lost all of his influence in one seemingly horrendous and hellish time in his life. And yet in the midst of that, Job says this, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job understood God's power to give and God's power to take. And Job still praised God. That's an amazing thing. But we think of other characters. We think about Paul and Silas. Look at Acts chapter 16. Last scripture we'll turn to. Acts chapter 16. And look at verse 19. So, so they, they were caught. They, they were, there was an uproar in the market and the masters of those, those who were making profit out of those idols and stuff. They, they drew Paul. They took him into the 
uh, marketplace and the rulers. They accuse them in verse 20. They exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful, verse 21. So the multitude rose up together against them, took them to the magistrates, and then basically threw them into jail. So they were just doing what they were meant to do for God. Notice verse 23, when they had laid many stripes upon them. Now, they didn't paint stripes. They whipped them. And when I say whip, not figuratively, literally. They were real whips. They, they whipped their, their back to shreds. They cast them then into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Now, this wasn't some cushy jail. This was a dungeon. It was damp. It was cold. There was probably no sunlight in there. And there they were in a dingy prison. In verse 24, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. They locked them up. These, these stocks were, were made out of metal and they probably rusted as the dampness uh, enclosed upon them. And, and we see here this situation. Now, none of us can ever really imagine being in that situation, can we? In our modern day, really, we can't. But suffice it to say, they were in a very, very uncomfortable position. And yet, look at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sung praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. That is an amazing verse. <laughs> now, you'll never get there if you don't have a real praise life. If praise is just an event that you come to and not a life that you live. You'll never get there if you don't make praise a priority. You know what most of us will do? And I'm going to include myself in that. I would question God right there. I would go, why would you do this to me? You know, I'll just be transparent. I'm going to be one of those that will go, it's so, this is what I get for serving God. This is what I get. But I'll be honest with you. I'd like to be Paul and Silas. I wish I could get to that where the thing that came out of them when they were squeezed was praise. Now, praise ought to be a priority after comprehending that God has put us in a trial. And no doubt, no doubt, the Apostle Paul and Silas, they're just as fleshly as we are. We're just human. But there was something about their life, their praise life, that caused them when they were squeezed, that the thing that came out was praise. And I always say this, when we go through a trial, only what's real will remain. And church, it's easy to praise God, actually, in the good times. It's easy, really, to praise God when we're comfortable. But I wonder if it's real. I wonder if it's become a priority in your life. Because when you're going to get squeezed, that's when the reality will come out. That's when the flavor and the, the realness of our praise ought to come out. And so we see this in the life of these two. And so I want to ask you again. Will you give praise even when you have no answer for your circumstance? 
Is praise a priority? See, praise needs to take priority. Praise ought to be there in the good and the bad. Praise needs to come out of a heart of sincerity and authenticity to God. So I want to ask you again, how's your praise life? Are you a person given to praise? If not, then I want to challenge you just simply make it your priority. Let it be your most spiritual response to whatever success and trial God brings along your way. Let it be praise. See, the Bible tells us, let all that hath breath praise the Lord. And if you're breathing this morning, which as I look, I think all of us are, we ought to praise God. We ought to give Him praise. Let's pray. And Father in heaven, we come before you this, uh, this morning and simply we say thank you. Thank you, dear God, that we have breath in our lungs. Thank you, dear Lord, that we have soundness of mind. Thank you, dear Lord, that we have health enough to be here today. Thank you, dear God, that we can, as we've opened your word, Lord, have the ability to recognize your nature, your character, be moved by it and be moved, Lord, to praise. Father, we praise you, Lord, for you're a loving God. We praise you because you're merciful to to us. We praise you, dear God, because you're able to bring us through every circumstance. We praise you, dear Lord, because we can bear fruit for you. And Lord, we just praise your holy and wonderful name this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. The piano can begin to play. We're just going to have a time of invitation. And firstly, I did not speak about this really this morning. But the Bible tells us that, that, when, when, that we are, as people, sinners. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the reason Jesus came was to be a sacrifice, to lay down his life willingly, to pay for the penalty of our sin. And this morning, I just want to ask you this question. If you were to die today, would you know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that Jesus is your Savior, that heaven's your home? I didn't ask if you're religious. I didn't ask if you, you know Scripture. I'm just asking, would you know that you're saved? Is there anyone here this morning, just with an uplifted hand, I won't, I won't embarrass you, I won't call you out, who will say, I don't know. I don't know. There's never been a time where I've called upon Christ to save me. Is there anyone this morning? I don't know. I'm not sure. Just with an uplifted hand. I just want to pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out but just with an uplifted hand. No one looking around, just with an uplifted hand. Anyone at all this morning? I'm not sure. I don't know how to be saved. I don't know where I'd go if I die. Anyone this morning? Then perhaps you're a Christian. Perhaps you're faithful in your local church. Then I want to ask you this question in regard to the things we've learned this morning. Are you a person of praise? Are you a person who has a praised life? Is that part and parcel of your life? Is it a priority or is it just a thing that you do once in a while? Maybe this morning God spoke to your heart. 
just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to grow in my praise life. Just, just pray for me, Pastor. I see those hands. See those hands. Just pray for me, Pastor. I, I struggle at times to praise God. I see those hands. See that at the back. Maybe God's done something in your life this week, maybe the last couple of weeks. And you just would be willing to say, Pastor, God's done some great things, but I haven't really taken the time to praise. I'd like to do that this morning, just with an uplifted hand. Just so I won't embarrass you, won't call you out. Just with an uplifted hand. I just want to praise God this morning. Just something God's done in my life. I see that hand. Thank you. See those hands. Yep. God's done something in my life. I just want to praise Him this morning. All right. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to encourage you to come. If you've raised your hand, let's just come to the altar this morning. Why don't we just take the time to praise God anyway? Why don't we just pray and, and just give God some praise? Why don't we just, in our prayer, just ask, uh, just, just give Him thanks for all He's done. But if you raise your hand, why don't you come to the altar this morning as a piano plays? Let's just do some, some praising this morning. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Let's take the time to praise. Let's take, take the time to pray this morning.